Hello, dear friends. We are happy to welcome you at the next episode of the Shadow Control Program. Today in our studio, we have Lilia. Good day. Elchin. Greetings. First of all, we would like to thank you for your sincere interest in this program. That enormous number of letters which you send us proves that the topic is more than pressing. As of today, there are many more manifestations of the invisible world in our lives than we can notice. And we can see this from your letters. As a matter of fact, your letters are very interesting. Various stories clearly prove that succubi and incubi represent just a small part of that ocean of shadows, which really exists and influences our daily life. And the purpose of our project is to study this entire influence exerted by the invisible world on our life. Among the great number of letters you send us, there were a couple of letters where people who wrote them expressed their doubt whether incubi and succubi actually exist. These people claim that we have invented this topic, that all these are our fantasies. Such doubts whether the invisible world and its manifestations exist or not, all this reminds me of the so-called dark centuries, when learned people of that time seriously believed that the Earth was flat. They seriously asserted that the Earth could not be spherical, because if it were spherical, on the other side of it, people would probably fall to the sky, right? And they seriously defended this point of view and seriously believed in it. Nowadays it's just the same. There are seemingly adult people, but they bring up such arguments, so to say, that it's impossible just because it's impossible. We can recall quite a recent time, let's say, when our guys were involved in the Skyfish project. Back then, as all of us remember, a great number of people also expressed their doubts that Skyfish exist. They were saying that those were insects which simply fly, or some unexplored insects. Until a lot of experiments were conducted and it was discovered that Skyfish really exist, these creatures are a manifestation of the invisible world. The human eye cannot see them, and they are not insects at all. On our TV channel, we have several very interesting videos about these phenomena. We recommend you to watch them. This manifestation is one of the proofs that the invisible world, yes. which the human eye cannot see, actually exists. Human consciousness is arranged in such a way that it mostly works as a filter. It doesn't let a person perceive what is happening in the invisible world. It erases some things and covers other things. As for those events which happen to a person at night, as soon as he wakes up, consciousness tells him that nothing like that happened. It just erases it. Erases. Yes. Right. Thus, it sort of secures a person against such phenomena. However, in actual fact, it plays an evil trick on us. Being an atheist itself and striving for magic, 
At the same time, consciousness conceals all manifestations of the invisible world from a human. It conceals reality. Why? Because consciousness is a part of the system. And in this case, it defends the system's interests. As for Skyfish, let me also add that even after we showed the videos with these Skyfish, there emerged several skeptics who alleged that those were still some insects. Meaning a flying thing of about 3 meters long is an insect, although it flies at such a fantastic speed that isn't achievable for any insect. It's as if a jet engine was attached to a mosquito and enabled it to fly at such a speed. Right. Moreover, let's recall that one of the videos was filmed in wintertime. I mean, when there can simply be no mosquitoes or any insects. Minus 8 degrees Celsius, right? Right. There was a freezing temperature and insects couldn't fly at that time. Therefore, one of the goals of our program is actually to familiarize people with manifestations of the invisible world and to tell that such creatures really exist. Hence, skyfish are totally real creatures that do exist. They are quite intelligent. They have a certain social lifestyle, because they often fly jointly in pairs, they often play and have a sense of humor, so to say. Again, in this room we observed, when we spoke about shadows, this is actually what Baraka wrote about. Now, I will tell you a little bit, for this is interesting. Here we have observed how shadows live and who hides in them. Because apart from plasmoid skyfish and many others, I will again say, in the words of Baraka from his Omnipotence Treatise, the invisible human world is like a sea. It contains plenty of life, but a human is so stupid that he doesn't see it. A sage is notable only for the fact that he sees what an ordinary person doesn't see. Whereas, well, here he calls Aladhyara, differs from a sage for the fact that he controls what a sage can see. That's the point. It turns out that, while observing the movement of those very shadows, well, someone will say, there is a tinge there, or something else. I understand that human consciousness always looks for a justification. However, nothing changes. There is an absolute picture, and in the shadow there appears a certain compaction or brightening. Why does this happen? Let me just explain for understanding. In the shadow, when a camera is recording, if there is some creature, such as skyfish, or something else, it is there. And since it is there, it can either reflect or, on the contrary, absorb the flows of photons, light, or quanta of light, whatever. Why does a shadow arise? There is a source of light that falls, gets reflected, and we perceive it. But the reflected light in a smaller amount also gets where the direct source doesn't reach, I mean, already being reflected. From there it flies towards us, but in a smaller amount, and we see a shadow. However, if there is a creature that absorbs this light, 
We won't notice it with our eyes, but on a digital camera we can see these shadows. Although, there were moments when, I believe, it's impossible not to notice, even with the naked eye, because it's not simply a shadow, these are, without any reason, absolutely black spots which begin, become apparent and move a little. What are we talking about? We are talking about those very creatures, for which we represent a power source. Why are we a power source for them? Because, as distinct from everything spiritualized, a human being is also soul-filled. And since he is soul-filled, hence… Well, pardon me, I'll give a simple example. There are many legends, many stories regarding this. Once, a person who was telling it explained to others that those who are in the shadows, those whom we don't see, they feed on us, just like we feed on cow's milk. Both we and a cow are basically the same thing. We are a power source, our emotions, our transformation of alat into anti-alat, meaning that which we discharge is a food for them. And the more we are subdued by consciousness, by the natural laws of human life as it is considered, the more we do what kills us as spiritual beings, the further life is prolonged, for those whom we don't see, visually. Here's also an interesting topic. The topic regarding those whom we don't see. They're called differently in Cubai or by many other names. These are creatures that come to people in their sleep, and many people really feel them. They perform certain actions, with them, let's say, often of a sexual kind. Many people enjoy this a lot, for some it is scary and so on. And here psychologists tell one thing, priests tell totally other, opposite things. Priests say, these are demons coming. Psychologists say, it's an inflamed brain, or continence, or overindulgence. This is also a paradox, isn't it? Either continence or overindulgence causes that consciousness plays a mean trick like this. Yet, what actually happens? Well, as a matter of fact, guys, as a matter of fact, we're actually being used like we use a cow. Today, in our studio, we have a person who has directly encountered a manifestation of the invisible world in her life, Lilia. Please tell our viewers and us how it was. What was happening in your life? Well, I guess I will start, let's say, with the atmosphere that preceded it. Because, as I understand it now, it was exactly what preceded it that had played a role in why these creatures actually started coming to me. At that time, I was very active in fantasizing on various topics. I think the situation is familiar to many people when, in general, there was dissatisfaction with life. I mean, I had a job back then where I was, roughly speaking, struggling to survive, right? There were many material desires, and it is clear that the easiest way was to implement all this in my imagination. In these fantasies, I was implementing what I wanted my life to be, including, of course, male characters. I mean, some kind of a perfect image that I wanted to have. Indeed, if I can describe it in such a way, it was real thirst. It wasn't just a fantasy, it was like reveling in this picture, 
And not just a picture, but in all of this. I was drawing this fantasy down to the last detail. A dream. Right. And it's not just a dream. A dream is when you expect it to come true, but in this case you already have it. In other words, back then I didn't have relationships with men for a long time, about a year, because I basically had everything in my imagination. In the end I noticed a moment when these fantasies gradually changed in the sense that every time you step over something inside yourself and go further, further and further. At first it started with something harmless, like to imagine that at work you have a better situation than you do now, or you earn more, but then everything went into some kind of… well, for example, regarding sexual fantasies. In the beginning I didn't include myself in those fantasies, but later on my image was already activated, and some perversions already began. And it turns out that the further it went, the more the inner thirst to play these pictures over and constantly support this fantasy was increasing. It was a real thirst and revelry for it all. And every time in those fantasies I went further and further. Eventually it led to a point that, as I understand, at the time when this creature began to come to me, I had one major fantasy, which I often played. There was surely an image of a man, he was like, you know, a lord of destinies. I mean, when I was preparing for the program today and recalling what was going on at that time, I realized that the picture could change, the character could vary, but it was always a person endowed with certain characteristics. If we select one of the traits, it was a person capable of killing other people. So let's say it was such an image of a lord of life and death, of other people and, first of all, my life. What started happening? Where did it all start? I began to notice that my dreams had changed. Firstly, there were moments when, for instance, I woke up at night, I lived on the 15th floor at that time, sort of downstairs near my house. I was thinking then, oh, how am I going to get upstairs now? I don't have the keys. I mean, there was like beyond-the-body experience. And in one of those dreams I find myself on the street again, in the middle of the night, like I am on the wasteland near the house, and a man is sitting there like a beggar. I'm walking past him with sort of superiority. Oh, I won't even pay attention to him. At that moment he grabs my leg. I know, it's a dream. But I also realize that someone is holding me right now, really holding me. I know it's a dream, but I cannot wake up. And this gaze, I'm looking at him, and I realize that it's not just a dream image, that he's really holding me, and I don't know what is about to happen. Then I woke up and everything was fine. But those were sort of preconditions that made me realize that something was changing. At that time I was hanging out with a group of friends, and there were two men who were interested in me. I also remember the state where it seemed to me that I could freely… well, there was some excitement about that. Yes, I can choose any of them, only I have to decide which one. And what was interesting about those two men? One of them, let's say, suited me better, I liked him more, we had something to talk about. But with the other one, there were no connections at all. But what was there? With the second one there was a moment of some very unnatural excitement. You know, when you like a person of the opposite sex, it appears as a spark, you look at him and it gives you goosebumps. Yet it wasn't just goosebumps, it was something like, well, I don't know, simply when we met, we could hug each other and it felt like I was already having sex with him right now. 
I mean, there was some kind of unnatural arousal. And this creature started coming to me exactly the next day after we had started our relationship. Thus, at night, we had an intimacy. And the next day, this feeling was very bright. Oh, here's another thing I forgot to say. When we first kissed, I felt as if my whole body had turned into an erogenous zone, when literally every touch made me feel like I was burning, but it was a fire of this very passion. The following day, certainly pictures and memories of last night came. I was playing them in my head. It was a very bright impression. I clearly remember thoughts that I had back then. I can easily stop these thoughts. I'm going to play a little more and stop them. But I don't want to. At the same time, I had very clear thoughts. For this man was actually married. That I could easily end this relationship at any moment. But at the same time, my fantasies were becoming more and more interesting. So what happened? This wave of arousal started rising in me. And then I decided to get engaged in self-pleasing. I just couldn't stop. It happened over and over again. And it was like boiling in me even more. Then, for the first time, I used porn movies. Usually just pictures, fantasies in my head were enough for me. But this time it was sort of easier this way. I was just lying and doing it over and over again. It was many times in succession. Then, at some point, I was laying on my belly at that moment. I suddenly felt a strong blow in my back, in the area between the shoulder blades. It was a very strong blow, with sort of a clap. I was surprised, it was a daytime, there was no one around, but sensations were quite real, and the blow was quite strong. Of course, I got a little scared, and I decided to do other things and switch to something else. Although I didn't want to do anything at all. I remember at that point I didn't want to do anything, and maybe I would have spent the whole day like that if it wasn't for that blow. When I went to bed, I woke up at night because my body was paralyzed, and I could clearly feel somebody sitting on me in the area of my chest. I could clearly feel its weight, size, even, let's say, its height, meaning I could feel it all very clearly. How did I feel it? It's like a cat sitting on you, and you know its size and its volume. I understand that it's a living creature, but I don't know what's going on. It is the very moment when you wake up and don't understand what's going on. And it's the moment when a very strong, unnatural fear emerges. If we take, for example, the most fearful thing I've ever experienced, say, I used to be terrified of darkness, if we take all of these fears, they cannot even be compared. Because, first of all, there was a clear understanding that it was exactly this creature that controlled and intensified this fear. Therefore, it was an unnaturally terrifying fear. It was a real panic. Besides fear, there was also a moment of panic that I didn't know what it was. I didn't see it, and I couldn't do anything about it. What could I? Where and how would I throw it away if it's invisible? Like hopelessness, right? Right. And just panic. Panic from the fact that I couldn't help myself, and no one could help me then. Although it was night, at that time we rented an apartment, girls' threesome, and I was in the room with another girl. I was aware that firstly I couldn't wake her up, and even if I woke her up, what would I tell her? 
and how could she help me? Well, kind of… And it was really a moment of a very strong panic. And at the same time, there was a feeling as if my body began to disappear. It seems that due to this fear, you begin to very strongly… As if it's getting numb. I would say it… No, it's just disappearing. It seems like you're losing control of the body. It seems like you're separating from it. And you don't control your body at all. I don't remember how I then managed to get out of my bed. How actually… I don't remember this moment. But I do remember that I just got up in this panic, started walking around the apartment, doing something in order to somehow come to my senses and begin, well, I don't know, the body, so that this feeling is gone, so that this fear is gone. And to get rid of this feeling, I had to regain control of my body. I tried to read prayers and everything, but you know, there was such an impression as if, for example, you're in some kind of a glass room, Suppose somewhere a couple of meters away from your house an organized gang arrives and takes something out and you shout, please don't carry things away, don't steal from me. So it was such a feeling that you cannot influence it with your own actions in any way because these processes simply take place on a different level. The next day I told about it to my friends with whom I communicated and whom I could trust. But definitely no one would say, well, I told them, so what's next? It was rather from hopelessness, because I didn't know what to do. First of all, I realized that from now on, that thing was with me, and I didn't know what to do with it. And now I was afraid to go to bed. What if it would come back again? Of course, it came back again, and it came back repeatedly. Were there any other specific manifestations when this creature visited you? Maybe. You remember something unusual. You've mentioned suffocation and said that the creature was sitting down and immobilizing your body. Was there anything else? Well, I don't remember. Specifically, it was just a feeling of a very strong fear and hopelessness. There were some other manifestations, but as I understand, it was a single process that took place at that time. With this man, it began to happen gradually. Firstly, my obsession with him, and secondly, when we had sex with him, I began to feel someone's presence. Moreover, I clearly understood that it was some other creature in the hierarchy. I even felt it differently. Sort of more, well, even here I've said that I knew what size was the creature that was strangling me, while this was something completely different. I had a feeling that it was just some person invisible to me. Was he doing anything at those moments when you had sex? Did he come closer or something, or did he just stand watching? He just stood watching, and I clearly knew where he was standing. The feeling of presence was very vivid, and it was very strange for me. Why does my partner not feel this? That was so harsh. Just imagine that you are being watched while having sex. It's impossible, it's really difficult to ignore that. Yet, what was happening? What did I notice? It turns out that at the moment when my partner was reaching an orgasm, I clearly felt that some kind of an office or black hole was opening in me. And I clearly felt that both his energy and mine were living through me. His energy too. Both his energy and mine. But exactly, I was the mediator. And it was through me that it was flowing. I clearly realized that it was connected with that observer, with the character who was standing and watching it all and that he was definitely higher in the hierarchy, 
than those creatures. Well, this is what I'm analyzing now. Certainly, at that time, for me, it was just... Uh, strange. Yes, it was very strange. And you should admit, no one expects some invisible creatures to suddenly appear in his or her life, which... Begin to influence this way. Begin to influence this way. This wasn't simply accompanied by such... Well, this moment with fear, when it came and was strangling. This, let's say, was just the beginning, because later on it got worse. Firstly, my inner state changed very sharply and drastically. That is, depression began to develop. So the more I… Firstly, there was a very strong obsession with this man. On the one hand, there was a very strong passion. But on the other hand, after every intercourse, I felt worse and worse. Moreover, it even… It cannot be even described with our words. Can we say it's fatigue? But it's not fatigue. To say that I wanted to sleep constantly? It's not even like that, because when you want to sleep, you understand that you will sleep and become normal, whereas here it didn't go away. You mean you were exhausted? Yes, I was totally exhausted. I had such a sensation that every time those creatures came after every sexual intercourse, life was leaving me more and more, because I was the mediator through whom the creatures were feeding, and they were the ones who were taking life from me. What started happening next? My immunity began to deteriorate. There was such an impression that all the viruses in my body got aggravated. Moreover, my emotional state worsened and depression started developing. My consciousness was totally narrowed on this man and everything was focused on him. There was great jealousy and great envy. Well, it's clear, because he was married. He couldn't spend a lot of time with me. And for me, it became sort of, you know, like a cage, a mental cage. That is, I simply… My entire life was turning on that. And all emotions were turning on that. I had very strong emotions, but at the same time, any glimpse of relief disappeared. Sometimes it happens that you wake up, have a good mood, and suddenly somebody spoils it. No. In that case, there was no good mood at all, but there was constantly this cage and that terrible condition. Moreover, it was accompanied by the fact that I felt myself being… Firstly, I got a sensation that there was like a loop around my neck, and I clearly felt slight suffocation during the day. I was really walking around with it. I was aware that the creature might not come to me at night, but it was with me during the day. I mean, it was constantly with me. It sort of controlled you at a distance, right? Right. And, in addition to suffocation, I also felt like some tubes, so to say, coming from me. Meaning, I felt a certain impact which… Well, it definitely wasn't physical. Nobody was actually strangling me. But it was there, and I couldn't get rid of it. It was very unpleasant, it was disgusting. There was such a feeling that I really had some dirt inside me. But at the same time, I felt that this thing was sort of connected to me. Could you please tell us, did you share impressions with your partner? Maybe he shared something with you. A man and a woman usually exchange energies while having sex. So, what were his sensations? Perhaps he also shared with you. If you felt an outflow of energy, then perhaps he also mentioned something like that. He didn't. And I was surprised by that. Why am I the only one to feel bad? Hence, he didn't notice anything. He only noticed that we had very bright sex. Well, he was 10 or more years older than me. 
and he even said that he was like burning too much, meaning he hardly endured it physically. But he was totally satisfied with that. Moreover, I told him that this creature was visiting me. Mm -hmm. And I said that it seemed to me that it was somehow due to our relationship, that it was some kind of a demon. I even suggested that we stop it. But as far as I understand, I myself couldn't stop, meaning I was aware that I no longer controlled the situation. And there was even such a moment when I already had serious problems with my health. My temperature was about 40, but I still went to see him. Do you see the point? I was aware that it was absurd. It was like suicide. Indeed, with such a temperature, I was supposed to call an ambulance and go to a hospital, but I went to see him anyway. And you know, there was a clear sensation that my state was worsening. For instance, I was just thinking about how to describe it. Let's imagine that your very dear person has died, and you mourn over him for a week or a month. You're crying, you feel bad and devastated. But you have such a state only in the beginning. Later on, you feel even worse. There is a feeling that these creatures are playing with your life. They deliberately leave the last drop. You're sort of still alive, but you no longer feel yourself living. And they totally control you. And it turns out that, as I understand it now, I actually remained alive only because it was beneficial to them for some reason. They could have definitely taken away the last drop, and I would have died of some illness, or I would have stepped out of a window because of this mental state, which was very severe and impossible to endure. So, do we understand it correctly, that this creature was ruling your life in that period of lifetime? Yes, absolutely. Based on your deeds and behavior that you are now describing, it is clear that a person who controls his or her own life wouldn't behave like that. Of course. And to me it seemed to be all right. It was that very point when it seems to you that this is normal, that everything's fine. Although, if I now think of it, impartially I felt really bad and my state was aggravating every day. So was it actually all right to return to that relationship? I was surely aware that it might be the last time if I go and see that guy again. I was aware of that, but I still went to see him. Generally speaking, at that time, this creature totally controlled the situation. By the way, now I understand that it was exactly what I wanted in my fantasies. Basically, I got what I wanted, but in the form of the creature that was ruling my life. Thereafter, I certainly found myself in a hospital in a severe condition. When I came there, doctors were really amazed that I was still standing on my feet. And they didn't even know what to do. I remember confusion in their eyes when they didn't know what to do. Well, and they still, even when they were discharging me from the hospital, they were surprised by being unable to cure me. They just couldn't do anything. They had only relieved my state, and that's it. That was the utmost they could do. Thereafter, my severe mental state certainly continued. Obvious manifestations of those creatures disappeared. They didn't visit and strangle me anymore. However, the impact still remained. The loop around my neck remained, and there remained the sensation of influence that I was, like, really connected with them. There was even such a point when I changed my place of residence, and it seemed to me that they were gone, that relocation would help me to cope with the situation. However, once in the evening, being half asleep, I heard something running very fast, like galloping in my room, on the ceiling, 
and around me, and there were a lot of them. I had such a feeling as if they were generating the wind. Although there was no real wind, I didn't feel it, in fact. When I woke up, I understood what it was. It was something invisible galloping around my room with noise. Then I realized that not only they knew a way to my new place, no matter where I would go, but they could also bring their friends along. Besides, after I had moved, there was another incident when I felt the presence of that second one, who was higher in the hierarchy. I don't know how to describe it, but you can just feel that something has come to you, which is superior to those creatures in the hierarchy. Another manifestation of these creatures and the fact that they were affecting me became clear by the dreams, because my dreams had changed. Very often I started seeing very horrible dreams, where I realized that I couldn't hide anywhere. And really, hopelessness was brought into dreams as well, a feeling of an absolute threat to my life, from which I couldn't escape anywhere. On the other hand, there were dreams on the theme of sex. Moreover, it was obvious that the dream was as if designed by someone. For example, I could see a dream with a male image that was unattractive or repulsive for me. The next night, I saw a dream with another male image, while on the third night there was still another one. I had an impression like… They were selecting it. They were selecting, selecting an image. Which one would work? Furthermore, I began to notice that the verge between sleep and wakefulness was sort of fading. There was even such a point when, for instance, I was falling asleep and in a dream I saw the same room, I was laying in the same pose, I was falling asleep just the same. I mean, you know, this verge was like a race. A dream within a sleep. A dream within sleep. But it's already a dream. In this dream someone begins to seduce you and you don't even understand that you are sleeping. Only when you wake up, you understand that it was a dream. I mean, the picture is drawn in such details that you don't even notice when a dream is already… when reality turns into a dream. Hence, they substitute an illusion for reality so skillfully that a person doesn't even see the difference. In their illusion, he or she is actually just feeding them. Could you please tell us whether the sensation of orgasm with these creatures in a dream differs from a natural orgasm in ordinary life. Yes, of course. At the time when I had a relationship with this man, on the one hand, there was incredibly strong arousal and very bright sex. Yet, on the other hand, I noticed that at the peak moment, there was such an impression as if I was approaching it. But then this moment was sort of stolen from me. There was really a sensation that it all wasn't unfolding in me, and I didn't feel pleasure from that, but it was rather like approaching, and then suddenly everything disappeared somewhere. It was sort of very strange. And I was constantly chasing it, because there were really bright sensations, very, yes, from every touch, but at the same time I couldn't reach the peak. This further stimulated the need to be with this man all the time, so to say, what if it happens this time? But there was really a sensation as if it was stolen from me. Meanwhile, in dreams there was another thing. It was very easy to become aroused. Literally, you see some image in a dream and you've already reached the peak. I mean, yes, in dreams it was different. My state in dreams differed from what was happening in my relationship with this man in life. 
in dreams, orgasms were surely much brighter. And I actually received something, so to say. I realized that an orgasm was still stolen, but in dreams I felt pleasure from it. Whereas in my relationship with this man, the peak moment was totally missing, it was completely stolen. Yet in dreams with these creatures the orgasm was brighter. Brighter. Of course, in fact, when you have such a dream, you don't want to wake up, everything's fine, everything's wonderful. What for? Many of our viewers who send us letters regarding this point also noted that orgasms with these creatures are brighter and more saturated and protracted. This is one of the reasons why this is, let's say, attractive. For a certain while a person enjoys this, and it's attractive. Here it is necessary to understand that these orgasms are brighter because they happen at the energy level. And basically a person pays for this illusory pleasure with those powers which are given to him or her for gaining life. To put it simply, he gives away life for a momentary pleasure. Because in exchange for the energy impact, these creatures take away life. It's important to understand this. Well, yes, even if we think logically, why would anyone design a dream for you for nothing? After all, in these dreams you clearly understand that they are designed, that you wouldn't be able to… The brighter the orgasm, the more energy is discharged the energy which is assigned for life. Thus, they benefit from arranging everything in such a way that the discharge would be greater, and the orgasm would be brighter. And at this moment, they take more energy. Yes. Moreover, I also remember that when, well, regarding those dreams, I was aware that it was also an impact of third forces. They were like stealing my vital energy. And I was trying to fight with that somehow, to restore it during sleep in some way. Eventually, it reached a point that I simply couldn't sleep. There was such a state that I was sort of falling asleep and realized that an impact was taking place. Well, you can even feel it, such an unpleasant sensation in your head, as if someone is really penetrating your head. And you wake up because of this unpleasant sensation, and it constantly catches you. As soon as you begin to fall asleep, at the very moment of falling asleep, it kind of catches you and you wake up. And it happens time after time. Whereas if you do manage to fall asleep, then it catches you already in sleep. Therefore, the situation turns out to be desperate. Furthermore, do you know what I noticed? That it was so that even my consciousness, let's say, well, it was working along with the third force. Do you mean your consciousness was against you? My consciousness was against me, even in the daytime. For instance, it seemed to me that everything was fine, that I was living the day, okay? I was sort of doing what I wanted, but it happened so that I either went to sleep too late or woke up too early. Thus, everything went in such a way that I had a little sleep. It was adjusting. And I realized that it was precisely the third force together with my consciousness that somehow arranged it so that I myself didn't even notice how I did it. But I clearly understood that this third force was very interested in reducing my sleep, because it was easier for it to enter. This is the state when you didn't get enough sleep or when you went to bed late. Insomnia is generally a perfect option because then it's easier for it to enter. Yes, it's easier to enter, easier to control and easier to come into your dream, because somehow your defenses are reduced, sort of… 
Please tell us, you said that at some point you felt that you were a conductor of these forces. Yes. And were also pulling. From other people. Yes, from other people. Could you please tell us whether a desire to get acquainted with some other men or interact with them in any way was imposed on you during that period? Of course. Firstly, I suddenly began to like only married men. And there was a very strong desire to continue somehow. It wasn't even a desire, but sort of hopelessness. That is, I felt bad if I didn't do that. There was even... I got another boyfriend who was married. Why did I want to start a relationship? In order to feel better. Because it seemed that I felt so bad that I myself was already like that shadow. I mean, I already felt lifeless. And when I, from someone... They would take from someone through you. Yes, when I attracted the attention of a person. Let's say... You attracted it. When I attracted it, it became easier and released me. With the attention of the second man, it became easier. But when I was alone at night, there was a real feeling that I kind of gradually... Well, that I was like inanimate already in my lifetime. That was the feeling. So, it turns out that in such a way, this creature makes a person sort of a collector of energy from other people for itself. Right. And for me, it was a question, why did these obvious manifestations of the third forces stop? I mean, they stopped coming to strangle me at night. I stopped feeling the one that is higher in the hierarchy. I no longer felt his presence. But at the same time, the effect of this loop around my neck remained for a very long time, and I felt it clearly on me. By the way, I cannot even say either it felt or I just got used to it so much that I stopped even feeling it. That is, for me, it became like a normal state. What remained for a very long time was the impact between my shoulder blades. It was felt for a very long time. And it was even such that during the day, for example, I was walking around doing something and everything was fine. And at this time, there began... I can describe it as scratching, sort of. I understand that now there is some pressure, impact, exactly in the area between the shoulder blades. And I clearly know that it's the effect of the third force. When I even caught myself at this moment, I was looking and thinking, what? What is happening now? What am I doing? It's clear that now I am being affected, but I don't understand wherein. What's the point of what it does? Even so, you look at your state and consciousness says, that's okay, everything is fine, you don't do anything wrong. For example, you're standing, washing the dishes, and you feel an impact. Well, it's merely an impact, it will pass, you will stop feeling it. But it was still there, and there even seem to be some things that I still don't know, and don't understand as to how this creature controlled me during the day. Just because everything looked natural. But the impact really lasted for a very long time. I mean, as if it was controlling me, but I didn't even understand where and how. Well, sort of… Actually, this is the biggest problem. We've already said that you obviously notice succubi and incubi, and you cannot ignore them anymore. Let's say, it's like a tick that beat you, you cannot ignore it. Right. But there are also those who are like mosquitoes. Their bites are unnoticeable or something else that seems natural to us. It seems to be our own actions. It's, let's say, the most… But again, it's… This point. Yes. Again, let's say that everything happens because of the traitor inside us. Our consciousness is that traitor who hides all these manifestations from us. In fact, 
we know that consciousness perceives the whole flow of information from the invisible world, all of it. But for some reason, we as personalities are given only a narrow range and only what is beneficial to it. To itself, yes. Therefore, these manifestations are often difficult to detect. To notice, yes, because it erases and covers it all up. That's why the Shadow Control Project is interesting, because it will give people an opportunity to see the manifestations and impacts of third forces, which are difficult. Well, it's impossible to notice them during the day if you don't know how they work. It's just unnoticeable, it's sort of normal. And even this point of a call, in the Invisible World video on Alatra TV, Igor Mikhailovich said that people themselves call these creatures. When I heard this, it was like a question for me. Well, where did I call them? If you look at my life outwardly, I am kind of a good person. I worked with children. Like, you know, the external image is that you are a good person, right? As it happens in our life. But it turns out that I called a demon. So what kind of a good person am I after that? if a person calls them herself. You are touching on a good topic. A person outwardly seems to be civilized, decent and reasonable, but inside… Yes, that's what I wanted to say. It turns out that your inner state, your inner world, plays a much greater role. These are exactly thoughts, what we actually think, what we think about, fantasies, exorbitant desires that we implement in our fantasies. It turns out that my inner state, exactly what I was doing inside, it was the way I called those creatures. So it is much more important what a person's inner life is, right? Right, because it is exactly inside. Than the external picture. By the way, later on I also recalled such a point that even the music which I was listening to, here is one of my favorite songs with the following words. You called me yourself with your passionate desire. Or for example, wait a minute, I can read it out. This is just, you know, a coincidence? I don't think so. For example, there were the following lines in a song. I am standing near you like a shadow, leaning quietly towards the headboard. I am the one who drank your blood and was the last love of yours. So you see, there was even a call in the song itself. But it's just a song, and yet, it turns out that your secret desire, that what you want, is manifested in everything. In what kind of movies you watch and what music you listen to. All this creates very favorable conditions for third forces to enter because you openly call them through the lyrics of those songs. Sometimes even the very structure of phrases sounds like a person repeating after the offer. He says, I, I call, I want, thus a person calls them himself or herself. Even if he doesn't repeat a phrase, he still associates himself with this character. Yes, associates. With a singer or an actor. There are also moments when I really saw those shadows. I was falling asleep, and kind of woke up from being paralyzed. I opened my eyes, saw the room, and realized that my body was paralyzed, that I couldn't move, but at the same time, I kind of saw my physical eyes closed. I mean, I knew I was sort of seeing them, but I wasn't looking with my physical eyes at that moment. At such moments, I could see a shadow next to me. Moreover, by the way, there was a strange moment for me at that time when I could feel, for example, that someone was sitting on me. But on the other hand, I saw a shadow that was a sight. It seemed very strange to me then. Does this mean there were two different creatures? Or it could be that one creature controlled the other. One creature controlled the other? Well, like a hunter and a dog. A hunter sends a dog, let's say, to attack 
or catch up some animal. And then this dog brings the prey to the hunter. There was also an interesting point. Just a few years later, it so happened that I accidentally crossed paths with that man with whom I had a relationship when this creature was visiting me. And he told me such an interesting thing that all his lovers, precisely lovers, actually talked about what I told him. Well, I don't know why he didn't tell me that before. Moreover, he said such an interesting thing that once in the past, when he was just starting his career, he had a boss. And somehow at one of the parties he led him into a separate room and offered to tell him fortunes. The man agreed because there was a moment of authority, that it's the person of authority suggested. Although the situation itself was strange, you should agree. So the boss laid out the cards for him and said, in your life it will be so that girls will like you, but they will never love you. The guy said that at that moment pride turned on in him. How come they won't love me? I want to be loved. And it turns out that at that moment he kind of concluded a deal. Then something interesting started happening. After that, peculiar things began to manifest. Firstly, girls began to react to him, and secondly, he seemed to know, well, that is, some kind of gesture, he said. I'm doing some gestures, straightening my hair. I don't understand why am I doing this. It is absolutely unnatural for me. I don't wear such hairstyles. But here I'm doing this in the presence of a girl, for example. And the girl at me somehow falls for him. Falls for him. And so he said that such things started happening, that he kind of unconsciously did something that attracted girls. Later on, these girls said that they also felt sick, that their mental and physical condition was also worsening. And everyone mentioned that they began to feel the presence of a third force. So, let's say he got himself sort of an invisible assistant during the deal. Assistant, right who was helping him to attract other girls into his life. I understand that if we had talked to these girls, we would have found out that their situation with fantasies was approximately the same as yours. They were fantasizing about some man. And we can assume that this invisible creature reads a girl's desire and then, so to say, leads her to this guy or man. Yes. Well, it is clear that this doesn't relieve me of my responsibility because I understand that I myself had also opened up sort of an entrance for the third forces. Of course, each of us is responsible for what happens in our lives. So, there is no one to blame. Lilia, please tell us, for how long did this continue? Well, all the vivid manifestations lasted for about a year while I was in a relationship with this man. It turns out that even though I felt awful physically and mentally, this relationship continued anyway. But this feeling of the influence of third forces on my life in general lasted for about five years. The sense of a loop on my neck and those that were constantly attached to me, some, I don't know how to call them, pipes, tubes, remained for a very long time. Suckers. Suckers. These bright ones. It also lasted a long time. And I can't even remember how it just went away at some point. But this effect between the shoulder blades lasted a very long time. By the way, Lila has mentioned an interesting thing, that she even changed her place of residence, but it didn't stop. 
So it turns out that the physical location of one's body doesn't matter to them. It turns out that you can even set bodyguards around you at night. They will stand shoulder to shoulder and guard your body. They can't protect you. But they won't be able to protect you from the influence of invisible forces. Third forces use, let's say, slightly different laws of physics when they visit someone who is interesting to them. Yes. Well, at that time, I was looking for ways to get rid of it all. I went to various religious organizations and modern religious movements. Of course, there were many options of what to do, but I realized that it all doesn't work, because it's on some different plane. I mean, you cannot just use some words, mantras, prayers, I don't know, or anything else to get rid of it, because they simply get connected to you at some other level. And it wasn't clear what had to be done to make it go away and get rid of this attachment. In the story that Lila has told us, I'm sure that many of our viewers have heard points which resonate somehow with what they have seen in their lives. Therefore, thank you very much. This topic is quite relevant nowadays. And no one but us can take a deep dive into it. Because nowadays, science, religion and psychology do not provide conclusive answers to the question, what is it, what to do with it, and how can we defend ourselves against it. We invite everyone to the project. Please, Send your letters with request to our email, which you now see at the bottom of the screen. Yes, friends, who but us can find the answers? This is really a topic that concerns each of us. Each of us faces an impact of the invisible world in our lives in one way or another. Participation in the Shadow Control project implies two main areas. The first area is to collect comprehensive information on the topic. And the second area is directly related to the experiments themselves. But we will talk about this in more detail in our subsequent videos. In the first episode, we were talking about the times in human history when all the most prominent poets, writers and composers sang odes to the invisible impact of shadows on our lives. Therefore, the study of these sources is also very interesting. If we expand it all, nowadays there are many sources where modern TV stars, show business stars, actors and actresses say it straight that their lives are controlled by some invisible creatures. This is also an interesting trend. Generally speaking, there is an enormous amount of information that we can learn about this topic. Studying this information, analyzing it, and making the right conclusions is a matter for a really huge number of people. So, friends, 
We would love to have each of you participate. There is actually a lot of work to do, but who can handle it better than us? Only by studying this issue comprehensively, we can stop these games of shadows from affecting our lives. And we can only do this together. Therefore, the participation of every person who acknowledges and understands the relevance of this topic is essential today. Lilia, thank you so much for sharing your experience today. Friends, we hope it has also been useful for you. Thank you for your attention. Take care, friends. And may Allah protect you all.